On this week's episode, we talk about Perfect Dark getting a native PC port, a classic Sega Saturn game finally getting translated after 25 years, the Steam Game Awards for 2023, our gaming resolutions for 2024, and more. All of this tonight, but first, on to that beautiful Bean intro. Welcome to the place where PC and console gaming talk combine. This is the Orange Box Podcast, episode 13. I am your host, the man whose New Year's resolution is to be more cool like his co-host, Nathan, also known as the Frozen Gamer 87. And joining me as always, the man whose New Year's resolution is to be less cool like his co-host, Justin, better known as I am Zericon. How you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. I, I must say that uh, I feel like all ri- well. No, I shouldn't say that because I haven't I haven't written anything down yet. But uh, I feel like I've started to already adjust to writing down or at least making note of the year. So instead of writing down 2023, writing 2024. Although, like I said, I haven't written anything down on pen and paper, and so that might still throw me off. But um, yeah, overall, I'd say it's good. Um. Had a pretty quiet uh, New Year's Eve, just spent some time here. Had a little bit of a uh, New Year's party with uh, my niece and nephew, but yeah, it was pretty nice. How's your week been? Uh, Not too bad. I mean, other than the fact that I started work back up yesterday, which... (laughs) (laughs) It's always hard (laughs) getting back into it after a couple weeks off, but it is what it is, and at least, you know, I'm starting to sort of figure stuff out. I don't know. It's just... Ugh. That, yeah, that's that's about <laughs> it. So, so uh, what have you been playing this week? Well, I started the, a game that you got me called Gunpoints, and it's very interesting. At, at first, when I uh, heard the description about the game, I thought... Huh, puzzle game, you know, sort of stealth stuff and manipulating the environment. It reminded me of this game called uh, Frames Collection, but this one is pr- more hands-on with what you're doing. And instead of just having to arrange stuff to execute a certain order of events, this one you are <laughs> right in there uh, manipulating it in time. And also, I didn't expect there the game to be as humorous as it is. Uh, as far as with like the dialogue in between missions, so I I, th- I thought that's pretty interesting, but uh, I think the game is very interesting. I'm not certain how long it is or what or or sort of like if there is some sort of ending because things seem seem pretty open because of the missions that you get or and are assigned. But um, so far though, it's very very interesting. Um, another game that I've been playing, well, I'm playing some more Batman Arkham Origins, but primarily. And partially because, in the spirit of New Year's Eve, I wanted to try out Cold Cold Heart, the Cold Cold Heart DLC, which is the first time I've ever played this expansion. I didn't play it on the Wii U just because that never was brought over to the Wii U. Uh, And I've been very interested in trying it out. And so far, it's doing pretty... I'm enjoying it so far. Um, I feel like the story is kind of predictable because if you ever saw the... Batman animated series episode Heart of Ice, then you pretty much know what's going to happen with the story, but I think it's 
pretty solid expansion and so far it's definitely a whole lot better than the DLC that came with Arkham Knight because this one feels like a more fleshed out expansion has an actual story and uh feel a lot has the variety that of and it feels like you're still playing the game itself so I'm enjoying that so far one other game that I've been that I started uh and this is something that I saw which was sort of I guess a joke game it's called oh gosh let me let me pull up here because it, the title is very long it is called yeah you want those games uh, right, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you want those games, right? So here you go. Now let's see you clear them. <laughs> and basically, it's a collection of mini games that is inspired by all those sort of uh, mobile game ads, which show you these different puzzles. But when you actually buy the games, it's really just a uh, Bejeweled clone <laughs> or Candy Crush clone. So, but this someone actually made a collection of all those mobile ads and just made them an actual full game collection so it it it's it, it's it's interesting and it's funny i mean it's nothing really serious to get into but i just thought it was interesting that someone spent time to actually make something that a lot of these ads are lying about and actually giving you a, f a filled project a fulfilled product and then the last game that i played was something yesterday i was playing with friends uh factorio this is a game that's I haven't played in a while, and that's partially why you're really just going to see me fumble around. But basically, you're just trying to build your own sort of factory because you crashed on a planet. Uh, all of the creatures there are hostile towards you, so you're trying to just build a factory, build a spaceship, get off the planet as fast as possible. Uh, and so I've played it with friends before. The game for me is something that... I have to be reactive rather than proactive because I don't I, I lack the organization skills needed to think about how do I want to build this factory? How do I want the uh, the the assembly lines to function? What's the most efficient way? <laughs> I'm just the type of guy who's just like, all right, I'll repair stuff and uh, I'll you know go around doing maintenance if needed, I'll restock uh, any of our turrets to help our defenses. That's pretty much all I was doing because, like I said, I didn't want to inter interfere with the plans that they had. But I, I still think the game's pretty good, if you, especially if you know what you're doing. I'm not one of those people, though. Right. Yeah, I feel that pain. I definitely... There's a reason why I typically don't play games like that. I just... I don't know. It, it's 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 hard hard for me to like think enough ahead to do to set things up like that. I mean, as I stated before, Roller Coaster Tycoon is the the closest I ever got to that, and that's more just because I kind of got some basic ideas when the game originally came out um, from watching my cousin play a bit, and that that basically just taught me some basic things. And then playing some more, it's like okay, yeah, I, I understand how this works now. Um, but yeah. Um, Regarding uh, Batman, I also have not played that DLC, or rather, haven't played through it. I got mm. it some years um, after it, it came out, um, and it was sometime, probably like at least a year after I replayed the Batman games that I that I bought 
that bought Cold Cold Heart and I I attempted to get into it and I just was having a real struggle with the combat. Like I was just dying <laughs> constantly. And this was just in like the beginning section. Like I think I basically maybe just got my bat suit and that was about it. Like I didn't even get like the the fancy one that you showed in your gameplay. Um, you know, it was just the basic one. And it's possible I was even still just Bruce without a suit on. I don't quite remember. Uh, probably wasn't. But anyway, doesn't really matter. Point is, I still need to play that. And I figure <laughs> whenever I replay uh, Arkham Origins, then I will probably go through Cold Cold Heart after that. When, I, when it's a little more fresh in terms of, you know, ha how everything works, uh, the mechanics and all that. Um... With um, Gunpoint, of course, um, that one it does it does have an end. Um, it, in fact, the end level is one of the only levels where you cannot be a ghost because the rest of the level. I mean, so so the first level, the very first level, and the very last level, at least as far as I can remember, both of those it is impossible to get through without being seen which bugs me so much because <laughs> I went through every other level without being seen at all. And if I was seen, then I would restart the level. And But, you know, otherwise I, I wasn't seen. I wasn't heard. I didn't um, attack anyone. I basically just went through the level. Nobody knew that I was there. And, um, but yeah, fantastic game. I may eventually play through that again, but I may just leave it, you know, because... I enjoyed it so much the first time. I don't really feel like I need to play it again. Um, you know, it's been a long time. But oh, and then um, that that game with the really long title, you know, <laughs> out of all the mobile games, there actually was one of the mobile games that that I saw that was puzzle based um, a couple years ago, and I used to see ads for it all the time. I can't even remember what it was called, but it, it was it was one of those that you would see ads for constantly. And I did actually try it out, and it did actually have the puzzles. It's just that you can only do so many before you'd be at a point where either you had to wait for... Um, you either had to pay or wait for a certain amount of time to pass before you could play some more. And then you'd still have to do like some additional stuff that I didn't want to do. I just wanted to do the puzzles. That's all I wanted to do. And of course, what what made matters worse was that it was basically this was actually like right right before my mom died, and so it was um, not to, not to bring everything down, but basically my it was like a point when my mom was not real responsive, but she um, she needed someone to be in the room with her uh, because she was throwing up a lot, and. Um, so, like, when she was basically just... She wasn't responsive. She was asleep half the time, except when she woke up to throw up, basically. And so I just... I needed something to play. Something to pass the time. So that I wasn't just going crazy, you know? Um, mm. And so then I... That's the game I played. And, like I, don't, like I said, I don't even remember what it's called. But it was... This was, like, King's something or other... But anyway, I, after that, after that time, I never, I didn't play it again, um, just because I got annoyed at. I mean, I, I knew that it was going to be because it was a free-to-play game that it was going to have timers associated with it. But 
it just got to a point where it's like, okay, there's just no point. But anyway. Anyway, all that being said, um, stuff I've been playing this week. So I recorded a few more things for the comparison videos. I ended up not doing the Borderlands 2 one as my next one, even though that was one of the ones that I recorded. Uh, mostly just because I got motivated to try out um, to record stuff for Monster Hunter Rise. So I recorded the gameplay for that um, on both the Switch and uh, Steam Deck. And um, I was a bit rusty at the beginning because I was having a hard time remembering some of the buttons. Particularly, like, I kept thinking that I was supposed to press the right trigger... Um, to do like the um, the what are those bugs called that you zip or, or zip around with? Oh, um, gosh. Yeah, I know what we're talking about. I just anyway, w w whatever me. they're called, I I'm sure we'll remember what they're called. But anyway, so I kept pressing the right trigger, and you're supposed to press the left trigger, and so it's like I kept messing up, and like I'd, I'd be putting away my equipment. When I didn't mean to, and so on and so forth. And eventually, I, I got my brain remembering the controls well enough to where I was able to actually play and and slay monsters in in each of the the versions. Um, but yeah, that was that was fun though. I I really want to get back into that. I just I know it's a time investment, and it's it's one of those things that I have to find a time when I'm like in between games and I kind of just want to spend some time on it because I am starting from scratch on Steam and I, I'm probably not going to play the Switch version anymore. I just don't see the point. It's like the Steam Deck per performance is so much better and I mean as, as good as it looks and as well as it performs on the Switch for a Switch game um, you know it's like if I can play the better version I'm going to play the better version. There's just really the only reason that I would want to play it on Switch is because I have more progress, but that's something I can make up, you know, with time. But anyway, um, so yeah, I played a bit of that, but I did also record, uh, re-record my footage for Borderlands 2 on the Steam Deck since my previous recording was um, half the screen was cut off. Uh, but that was, a, that was a lot of fun, man. I just... I forget sometimes how fun Borderlands is, and it really is just, it's a blast to play, and of course it runs extremely well on the Steam Deck. I don't know what the frame rate is, because I forgot to turn on the frame rate counter when I was recording, but, I mean, it's at least 60, it's probably 90, realistically, um, but yeah, so I, I recorded that, and then I also uh, recorded... Um, a comparison between Dissidia on the Vita versus on the Steam Deck. And technically, in both cases, it's emulating the game because it's originally a PSP game. So it's kind of a kind of an interesting comparison. And something else that I want to do with an emulation type of thing is um, comparing the uh, Metal Gear Solid 1, the, the PlayStation 1 version, because I have that on my Vita, and then I also have it emulated it on the Steam Deck, where the Steam Deck, it's widescreen, HD, 60 frames per second, or probably 90, actually, on, I would imagine. It probably hit 90 on the, on the 
on the, the OLED. Um, but yeah, anyway, there's there's lots of things I have in the works. I, ha I put out just basically kind of like a preview of various ones that are coming up, and those were among them. Or, well, Metal Gear Solid wasn't among them, but it, it is one of the ones that's in the queue. Um, but speaking of Metal Gear Solid, obviously, I've been playing a bunch <laughs> of Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain, which um, I haven't made a whole lot... Well, okay, let's see here. I'm trying to think of where I left off. Oh, yes. So I finished up Chapter 1, which is... The game is broken up into two, two chapters. Uh, but each oh, one... Okay. I, I mean, but it's, but it's, it's long chapters, so... The first first one is like 31 missions and you know plus side missions and stuff that you you don't even have to do all of them necessarily they're only like i think maybe two or three that are you have to do them and then the rest are all optional um but yeah so i i, I finished up chapter one which uh culminated with with a fantastic boss fight i mean as the boss fights in metal gear solid are fantastic anyway but this one's against an actual like metal gear which are some of the most fun of the boss fights and this one especially because it's the first one where you actually have like you're fighting a metal gear in an open world which hasn't existed in the previous games and the closest you got was with um with four well actually i guess you had you had it to a degree with Peace Walker, but the the environments were still pretty small for the most part, except for like I think there's there's basically two of the fights that are in bigger environments. Uh, but anyway, fantastic fight, and what I play I mean what I played in that since then has basically just been me working on um, primarily both side missions and also there's um, like harder versions of previous story missions that you can do that are part of the, the overall list of missions on the checklist. And um, there's one in particular that that I got stuck on for quite a while where um, it's it's based on like an early, like I think it's like mission nine is, is the original mission. And you have to go around, you're, you're helping support a group of gorillas uh, that is like fighters, you know, like guerrilla warfare, um, who are maybe that would be the week, the title for this episode: guerrilla <laughs> warfare with a with a regular gorilla, um, who are, who are just fighting against, I think the Soviets, yeah, the Soviets, because this is set in 1984, and um, oh, my brain is not working. In this mission, you have to try and either destroy or extract the various, uh, like, combat vehicles they have, which, you know, it's like tank, not exactly tanks, uh, but tank-like vehicles. Some of them like, just have heavy guns, some of them fire rockets, um, and then it's also, there's also a bunch of prisoners to extract around the map, which are, like, all over the place, a couple of which are in enemy bases, but in this harder version... Uh, for one, you don't have some of the benefits that make it so that it's easier to um, to to take out enemies who spot you. Because normally what will happen is that when an enemy spots you, it'll slow down time briefly, giving you a short window in which you can uh, fire at them and try to take them out, whether you're killing them or just tranking them, which I always do the trank option. And um, this one doesn't have that. 
So, so the, this harder version of the mission, it does not have that at all, which makes a big difference because if someone spots you, you're screwed. Um, I mean, you, you, you can take, you can still take them out, whether it's killing or tranking or stunning them, but it's more difficult because they alert everyone immediately. So you have to just deal with all that. And then on top of that, um, you know, it's getting all of these, all these various tanks and stuff. And then once you, once you take all of those out, then you get, uh, uh, I can't remember, a gun, an enemy, uh, it's a, a helicopter that has like rockets and and heavy guns and stuff and um basically it's an attack helicopter i guess you could say but it's like you know dealing with all these things and you ha oh on top of that with the initial part you have a time limit so you only have a certain amount of time in which you can do all these things if you miss your op if you miss your opportunity to take out these tanks then you just don't get them. Now, you can still get the best rank, the S rank, by doing not all the objectives. But as part of all the achievements, you do have to complete all objectives, which you can. You don't have to do all in one run. You can do it in multiple runs. Um, but like if you like taking out all, I mean, uh, extracting all the tanks or destroying all of them or whatever, those are things that you have to do. You have to do all of those particular things in one run or extracting all the prisoners you have to do in one run. And if you fail to do it, then it takes you back to the very beginning. And for a while there, I was following a guide that showed how you could do it all on a single run. But I would like come across certain areas where there just happened to be enemies there that spotted me which would completely mess up my whole run because the other thing is is that once they spot me they alert everyone else which includes all of the transport like all the big tanks and uh, gun car things whatever you want to call them and so then those start driving off driving faster which gives you less time to catch them anyway all of that long stuff being said at least I have some very cool gameplay happening right now what I ultimately had to do was I had to split up the objectives so that I did... I, I found a better spot where I could actually get every single one of the vehicles that I needed to take out and could extract all of them without having to get into combat situations. Um, it just took a lot longer, and it was also basically that... Uh, like, the, the amount of time I had, I literally had... I mean, it started off with 15 minutes at the very beginning of the time on one side of the map. And at the very end, I had a total of, um, like, less than 20 seconds left before before uh, I or before my chances were, were gone. And once, once you... Once that timer finishes then as long as you've taken out at least one vehicle, then it will continue on. If you've taken out all of them, then you get uh, two or three tanks that show up, and then the the helicopter gunship shows up. And so I was able to do all those in one run, and then I did a separate run where I got the prisoners, and that still took a while. I ended up having to like go into the open world separately um, from the actual mission to first take out 
the uh, generators in the areas where I would have to get the prisoners so that it would be there wouldn't be any power in those facilities so that I could move in darkness more during the night. And it's, it still wasn't easy, but it was easier. And anyway, all that being said, <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a whole lot, a whole lot of stuff being said. But I, I'm loving the game. Um, now that I'm done with that, I mean, I know I still have some more of those types of missions where they're harder versions of the previous levels. But as far as I know, that is the hardest level um, hmm. of all of them. So I'm glad that I completed all the objectives on that. Also, have to go back and clean a bunch of previous objectives and previous levels later on because I am intending to go for every achievement because it seems like it's a lot more doable in this game compared with previous uh, Metal Gear Solid games where you'd have to play like the entire game without getting a single enemy alert. Um, I mean, like the non-lethal, that's not hard to do. I mean, it's it's challenging, but it's not hard. And then you'd have to play like through the game like five or six times at different difficulties every time. You couldn't just play at the highest difficulty and knock out all the achievements or trophies for every lower difficulty like you can in some games. And it just, yeah, I I, I, will, I will never do it with the earlier games, but I will happily do it with this one. And I'll probably do it with the, the previous part of five, which is like an hour and a half long. It's super short. Anyway, that's it. That's all I've been playing this week. Mostly Metal Gear Solid. So, so uh, the question I had when you were mentioning it earlier, which which Borderlands game is your favorite? Well, considering the fact that I've only actually finished one of them, um, and I've only played two of them, it currently <laughs> it's two. But I, I, I mean. As far as I know, two is is the best from what everyone says. Um, I have I played I played and beat one. I played a little bit of two, um, both first on PC and then on Switch, and I didn't finish either one of them. But when I, if I if I go back to it at some point, I will finish out two, and I have the pre sequel as well, and I do not have three. But three is something I'm just like. You know, I'll just wait for, like, a significant discount, uh, both for the PC and Switch versions, and that way I can do comparisons. But I think the Switch version, from what I saw, actually performs surprisingly well, which is cool. Of, of three, yeah. But yeah, anyway. Alright, anything else before we move on into the news? Um, no, I think I think I'm good. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about a couple of these topics here. So, of course, first and foremost, uh, you want to talk about the Perfect Dark PC port? Sure thing. So this is actually something that I uh, saw. Now, I oops, let me see if I can actually pull up the, or at least we have the uh, GitHub here. This is something that I saw posted around in a couple of discords, and it, it actually led me to the uh, to a, vid a YouTube video, and that is that Perfect Dark, the N64 game, is getting a, or rather is getting a PC port similar to all the other games like Super Mario 64, um, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, 
and as we discussed last week, uh, Link, well, I'm sorry, not Link to the Past. Well, we did mention that too, but uh, Link's Awakening. So the game is, in addition to actually, you know, also running on as far as like the original game, it is also getting a uh, online multiplayer mode as well, which is pretty cool. And it's still being worked on. Um, they haven't done everything, but it is functional, at least, uh, the online multiplayer. As far as the actual game itself, though, um, it's they're still experimenting on this right now. It's currently supported up to 240 frames per second, which, nice. you know, is you know, just a tad bit higher than the original 30 FPS on the N64. Yeah. Was, it even, was it even 30, though? I mean, I thought that it was considerably lower most of the time. Yeah, 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 that's a good point. Uh, but it, it, it's getting so many quality of life improvements. I mean, it's also getting, you know, full widescreen resolution. Um, can't remember if it, what the maximum resolution is supposed to be for the game, but uh, at least it's something more modern and right. uh, supported. Um, I think there also is supposed to be a set, I can't remember, I think I saw someone mention that there could be a sort of CRT filter for people who want that classic aesthetic. So that's something that could be added. But um, yeah, I think this is pretty interesting. What, 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 what are your thoughts on this? I, I'm actually pretty excited about this. I have never actually really played Perfect Dark. I, I do have it on N64. Um, just... I, I got it, you know, years later when I when I repurchased N64, and I tried playing it a little bit, and I just couldn't figure out how to move forward, so I just never really did anything with it. But this is one of those games that I've always been interested in checking out, and hey, I'll take a PC port happily, and I will take advantage of that 240 frames per second because I have a monitor that can do it. So it's like, hey, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll do it, man. And, I mean, I'd probably play it on Steam Deck mostly, but even so, you know, mouse and keyboard on a game like that, beautiful. Mm. Fantastic. Even if it was just a controller, I'm sure it would still be great, but I, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check that out. I probably won't do the online multiplayer because I stay away from that stuff, but the single player, I'm, I'm fully interested in that, so that's really cool. Um, but speaking of uh, other ports. So the next story we have is regarding the uh, original port of Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which came to Sega Saturn after it came to the PlayStation 1. And I guess, um, so the original version, or the Sega Saturn version got a Japan-exclusive port. It added Maria as a playable character and additional areas to explore. And uh, it says a number of additional areas according to Games Radar's article. Um, so technically it's supposed to be, I mean, say, okay, so um, reading the article here, it says on paper, it should be the definitive version of the game. Unfortunately, it also has numerous missing graphical effects, incorrect sprite proportions, poor performance, and lengthy frequently frequent loading times. But, um, Many of those things were modded uh, to fix the game previously. 
However, it was entirely in Japanese. Uh, so, but apparent the thing, and uh, there's been translation patches for years, but apparently you can't run a translation patch at the same time as the <laughs> improvements patch. But now uh, a group called Medusa has combined the improvements of both the uh, just the overall improvements of the game as well as an English translation based on the 2007 PSP remaster. So uh, now there is you can play the Sega Saturn version, which has all the extra features, plus fixing all of the problems that that existed previously with the, the Saturn version, and is fully translated. Which makes me very tempted to grab it because I love Symphony of the Night. <laughs> I had such a great time with that game, and um, I mean, like, I I would. I definitely would like to replay it eventually. I just look at it and I say, you know, I had a great time with this game, but I do have a bunch of other Castlevania games that are also supposed to be great, and I would really like to play those before I go back to Symphony of the Night. Symphony of the Night is not a short game. At least it felt like it was pretty long. I don't remember exactly how long it took me to finish it, but um, I definitely... I mean, I did the... I think it's 201.6% completion, because that's like the maximum completion is 201.6%, which it drives me crazy that that's, that's <laughs> how it's the maximum, but that is that is the maximum. That is the max. at least I'm pretty sure. I'd have to double check that. I think I, I took a picture or a screenshot somewhere, so I'll, I'll probably just dig it out. Um, but yeah, wh while, while I'm digging that out, why don't you give me your thoughts on this? Yeah, I I was very surprised because I didn't even know that there was a Saturn port of the game. That was completely news to me. Um, and then learning the fact that there actually was additional content added to the game was very interesting. And uh, like as you mentioned, it's very odd that you couldn't run both the improvement patch and the translation patch simultaneously. <laughs> because normally, you know, especially with a lot of or I guess modded elements in emulated games or any sort sort of game like that, people have generally been able to run several different things at the same time. So the fact that they couldn't run this before was odd, but it is great that we are finally getting a sort of definitive version of Symphony of the Night. And also uh, because of this, I also learned what I guess the, I don't know if this is like the Japanese name of it was uh, Nocturne, uh, of the nights uh, in Japan, at least. So that, that's that's something that's new to me. But yeah, overall, I am also very interested in game this. I, I think I am just going to download it, uh, do whatever I need to do to set that up in a Saturn emulator, because I think you still need to set that up in an emulator. But install it, get all that set up, and then go ahead and play it, at least for a little bit before... Uh, <laughs> Jumping back into games that I already own because I'll, I'll, I would definitely be in this game for a while, like as you mentioned. Like, I, I am very tempted, but you know, this does. Seeing this though made me really wish that Konami had in the first place ported this game to PC. I mean, the game 
was only ported as far as in modern-ish consoles. It was ported to the PS3 and the 360. And it did have the PSP uh, port as well, but those are the only modern systems that it went to. It never... <laughs> and so, I mean, I really wish that they had just said, hey, let's port the PC... For, let's port the game to PC. I mean, considering the fact that they've already put nearly every other Castlevania game... Well, shouldn't say that because the PS2 games are still on PS2. Um... But most of, pretty much all of the 2D ones, I should say, have been ported over. That game still is just stuck on 5th gen consoles, or 6th gen, or whatever gen that the PS3 was. I don't know why they didn't port it to PC. I really wish they would, and I mean, I guess for that matter, I really wish they had ported over uh, Harmony of Despair. Because that would have been a great game to play on online with friends just because you could play um your traditional 2d castlevania game metroidvania game but playing as different characters throughout the uh series so like you could play as richter you could play as simon you could play as alucard you could play as um uh soma cruz you could play as maria you could play possibly also as simon i think um and then i forget the name of the character from uh Order of Ecclesia, um, but you can play all those characters, play them with your friends online as you explore Dracula's Castle. I would have loved that, but that was a game, once again, kept only on the 360 and the PS3. So, Konami's gonna Konami. Yep, that is just how it goes. Alright, so I can't find my screenshot, but I did find someone else uh, talking about it, and it was it's 200.6%, not 201.6%. So I was close, but not quite right. So, yes. Still weird that that's... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's bizarre. And part I think part of it, at least... Um, I mean, like, I'm pretty sure that... I can't remember if the 0.6% is just getting the, the room where you, um, where you fight Dracula added to your map... Because basically the only way to do that is you have to start the fight and then teleport out of the room, and then and that way it will. And then and then once you save your game, then it will add that additional percentage. So, hmm. but yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah, it's I. I eventually want to play it again, but I think that. If I play it again, it will not be until after I've completed the rest of the Castlevania games that I already have. Because I have a bunch of them. Um, so here, I don't have, like, the NES and SNES ones. But I do have um, Rondo of Blood. And I have um, the Lords of Shadow games, which I've, I've only played all the way through the one from 3DS. Um, I have the Game Boy Advance collection. And there might be another one. That might be it. I can't remember. But anyway. Regardless, it it's I definitely there's definitely plenty of them left to play through before I decide to jump into uh Symphony of the Night again. 
All right. Uh, anything? Oh, that's right. We were going to talk about the Steam Game Awards for 2023. <laughs> so, uh, to give a little bit of background with this, um, from what I can recall, because I remember I I voted in this as well. Basically, the way the Steam Game Awards work is it's not just games. I I think well. Yeah, I don't think it's just games that released in 2023. Um, it's any games that people have been playing. So any games that you've been playing, you can vote for. If you played them, or maybe if you purchased them. I can't remember how all that worked. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's been a little while, but I, re- I remember that there were quite a few games that they let me vote for that were games that I hadn't actually... Um, that were not 2023 releases. So, there were, were just games I had played that year. At least if I'm remembering correctly. I, I may be mixing it up with something else, but I'm almost positive that's what it was. And considering one of the games on the list, one of the winners, was a game that released originally in 2018, and I think it came to PC in 2019 or 2020. It may be right? I don't know. Anyway... So let's talk about these. So game of the year, no big surprise, Baldur's Gate 3. Not surprising. VR game of the year. You don't you don't do any VR, do you? Uh no. No okay, sir. Then we'll just skip that. Who cares? <laughs> but the Labor of Love Award. So this game has been out for a while. The team is well past the debut of their creative baby, but being the good parents they are. The devs continue to nurture and support their creation. This game, to this day, is still getting new content after all these years. And so I, I can understand that, um, but Red Dead Redemption 2 is the <laughs> one who won that. And let's look at the finalists here. So the finalists were Red Dead 2, Rust, Deep Rock Galactic, Apex Legends, and Dota 2. So basically, this is the ongoing game, more or less, without necessarily being that. But I, I mean, I think the category makes sense why it would win, because if it's still getting content after all this time, I don't know if it's just because of Red Dead Online, but that's what they're talking about, because I don't think there's anything new in the single player, but yeah, <laughs> uh, most of these games are old releases. So from that standpoint, I, I can understand it. Like, I think all of them are old releases. I'm not yeah. familiar when where, when Deep Rock Galactic came out, but I'm pretty sure Rust is old. I know Apex is like 2019 or 2020 that that came out. And Dota 2 has been out forever. Um, <laughs> uh, see that Deep Rock came out in uh, May uh, 2020. 2020. Okay, yeah. And that actually was the game that I uh, voted for. <laughs> All right, that's cool. Um, then there's the best game on Steam Deck award, which the finalists were Outlast Trials, Dredge, Diablo 4, Hogwarts Le- Legacy, and Brotato. Um, and Hogwarts Legacy won that one. Which is a game I still haven't played, but it's mostly just because, although I want to play it, I'm not really ready to spend the money on it because I don't have time to play it. So I'm just kind of figuring, I'll just 
I'll wait a few years or, you know, a couple years, wait till it's down to like 10 bucks and then go for it because I'm, I'm interested. Like I, I actually watched the Harry Potter movies for the first time last year. I've, I've never read the books. My wife has gone through them, but, um, I think it looks like it would be fun and it performs well as far as I've heard on Steam Deck or, you know, at least can do the 40 FPS thing. Um, it's actually got a, seems to be a pretty decent port on Switch. It looks a lot better than I would have expected. Obviously not as good as the Steam Deck version, but considering how blurry I was expecting the game to be, I think it turned out pretty decent for a port from what I've seen. At least that's my opinion. Um, so you're better with friends. So let's see here. Any of these are are any of these games something you've played? Uh, I they haven't, but they aren't. But like I know that Lethal Company, a lot of my friends I've been seeing them just playing that recently. So that one has caught my attention. Um, and I heard actually of Party Animals. That's something that I've heard about discussed here and there. Mm-hmm. But I I but I never even knew what that game truly was about and i was like is this a party game is this an adventure game i i i never was told what type of game this i just started yeah we're gonna play party animals i just and i'm just thinking what's the game about <laughs> like what 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 kind of game is it but other than that i haven't uh really heard too much of the others though yeah, I mean, I, I'm not really familiar with much of any of these. I mean, the Warhammer game, um, I've seen some gameplay. It looks cool. I I have, uh, which one do I have? I have Vermintide 2, which I've heard is great. Um, I never really played it. Um, actually, I've seen gameplay, and I thought that it looked fun, which is why I bought it. But I just never really played it. And it, it doesn't perform great on the Steam Deck, so I basically just kind of never really gave it much of a chance but it's one of those that's like oh I'd, I'd be interested in checking it out someday maybe but um dark tide you know is similar because it's it's the same style of game just more um shootery than than uh, vermintide which is much more focused on like um swords and axes and bows and things like that but hmm uh outstanding visual style award we have finalists are inward which i'm not familiar with that atomic heart darkest dungeon high on life and cocoon and the winner was atomic heart which i've heard is not a good game but i always thought it looked fun mostly because it uh, it gives me bioshock vibes and i love bioshock Mm. (laughs) but um that's one of those where it's like, okay, well, you know, I'll wait till it's cheap and then I'll buy it. Now this one, the most innovative gameplay award. The designers of this game are at the front lines of creative experimentation, bringing a fresh perspective and brain breaking surprises. This game delighted, inspired and entertained with newness never played before. The finalists were Remnant 2, Shadows of Doubt, which I not familiar with contraband police never heard of that starfield and your only move is hustle so i haven't heard of all the only ones i've heard of these are remnant 2 and starfield but 
Starfield won, which I guess is pretty controversial, and I, I, I can see why. Um, because I'm not sure how innovative it is. I mean, it feels a lot like other Bethesda games. I like the game a lot. You know, I, I, I don't remember how many hours I put into this game, but I do enjoy it. Like, I, I think it's a fun game, and I want to play a lot more, just I haven't. So here I have 81 hours in the game, and I have not even completed the story. <laughs> so, yeah, that sounds like about right for a Bethesda game. That's right, how exactly. Many, that's I mean, people put it. They don't even go through the story the, yet. It's the kind of thing where it's like it's so easy to just go off on rabbit trails and yeah. like you'll you'll take on one quest and then uh, you start working on another quest and sometimes you you'll, like <laughs> things will happen completely unexpected during that quest and um, it's just like it's it's a fun loop. Um, I think, honestly, the one thing that is the biggest issue I have with the game, it's really just the traversal around planets because of your carry limits, which, I mean, the carry limits have been a thing in Bethesda games probably as long as they've existed, um, at least as far back as uh, Oblivion and, and um, you know, games after that. I'm, I'm sure it's probably older than that, but Oblivion's their oldest game I think I've played. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, it's interesting that, that it, it won that award. I, without being able to compare it to the other ones, I couldn't really say mm. from that standpoint, if it's the most innovative, I wouldn't necessarily call it innovative. I just call it a game I enjoy. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if it's similar to other Bethesda games that I've played, uh, primarily just uh, Oblivion, Skyrim, and Fallout New Vegas, then I'm not certain if I would really be able to call it innovative. Um, but granted, also, just based on what I've seen from Remnant 1, I don't know if I would even be able to call Remnant 2 <laughs> innovative either. Um, just because, like, from what I recall of Remnant 1, that's pretty much like a uh, third-person action RPG-ish kind of game. Uh, and maybe, I, I can't remember if this is, like, also sort of like a Souls-like as well. So I don't really know how I could, if I could even really call that one innovative. Um, Shadows of Doubt, I th that's really the only other game that I know about on this list. And based on what I've seen from some gameplay of that I've seen online before because I've heard of the game and seen some footage, maybe that one is, I, I would say, is the most innovative just because of some stuff that it does because it's a uh, detective game, but also does some other sort of simulation type stuff in there as well so maybe but um yeah it's definitely this 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 category just from what i just from what i know i know that at least two of them i wouldn't say are really all that innovative but that's just based on what i know yeah and thinking back now to the nomination process i believe what it was is basically you could nominate any game 
that you, I think it was pretty much any game you had played. Well, certain categories were any game you played that year because they weren't exclusive to necessarily being um, 2023 releases. And then, and because I remember uh, like this next category, best game you suck at award. And (laughs) I'm pretty sure, I can't remember if Ghost Runner 2 was an option or if it was just Ghost Runner that that I had the option to nominate for this because I don't really remember when these happened. But I'm going to say it was probably Ghost Runner 2. And some of these, some of the games that they have listed here are definitely not 23 releases. So, like Sifu, which, um, uh, there's Sifu, Street Fighter 6, Overwatch 2, which did not come out in 2023, unless I'm remembering incorrectly, um, EA Sports FC 24, which is the new version of FIFA, obviously that came out in 2023, and Lords of the Fallen, which I think came out in 2023, but I don't remember, um, let's see here. I see that Overwatch 2 did release in 2023, or at least based okay. on Steam's uh, release date. Okay, yeah, that's true. It would have released on Steam in 2023. So even if it came out to Battle.net previously. And, oh yeah, Lords of the Fallen was 2023. Okay, so... Um, but yeah, the... Um, I mean, Sifu, I know for a fact... I guess it must have just come to Steam in 2023. That's the only thing I can think of because it definitely came out. Yeah, it came out March 2023 to Steam, but it, it came out previously oh, right. um, was to PS5. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was on Epic, which is why. Okay, <laughs> so that that would be the reason. Um, but Sifu did win, and that's one of those games I've I've definitely been interested in checking out. That would probably be a really interesting one to compare oh. <laughs> between that and the Switch version. That would be really interesting. But, yeah. I mean, it's, once again, it's another one of those games where, like, I'm super fascinated by it. I would love to check it out, but I just haven't pulled the trigger, and I'll probably wait for a discount. All right, uh, best soundtrack award finalists are Pizza Tower, Persona Five Tactica, Chance of Senar. It looks like uh, Hi-Fi Rush and The Last of Us Part One. And the winner of this was The Last of Us Part One, which it's been a while since I played the first Last of Us, so I don't really remember the soundtrack all that much. Um, I mean, I, like, I, I totally remember, like, the theme. The main theme of Last of Us is fantastic. Like, I love that song. It's it's gorgeous. It's a fantastic song. Um, I'm sure the rest of it is good, but it's one of those games where the, the soundtrack didn't stick out to me that much. Um, I think probably also because it was one of those games where my PS4 was running, like, a jet engine, so I couldn't really hear the soundtrack as well. Um, I haven't played Hi-Fi Rush, but I've heard great things about the soundtrack for that. It's another one I want to play. Um, I'm not familiar with the soundtracks for Pizza Tower or Chance of Senar. And Persona 5 Tactica, I mean, I find it hard to believe that The Last of Us is better than Persona, because Persona always has incredible soundtracks. Um, but Tactica I haven't played yet, so I can't really comment definitively. Now, if it was 
versus Persona 5 Royal, then it'd be like, no, there's there's no way <laughs> that Last of Us wins over Persona 5 Royal. But Tactica, I, I can't comment definitively. I'm just going to assume that it's better because it should be. But anyway, uh, yeah, any thoughts I, on that? I was, I was surprised about that, too, because yeah. assuming, I mean, if it is that much different than, as you mentioned, Persona 5 Royal, I'm surprised that it wouldn't have won, but also Hi-Fi Rush, from what, I mean, based the since that's essentially sort of a music game, mm -hmm. and people said that they've enjoyed that soundtrack, so I'm, I am surprised that Last of Us beat out both of those games. Yeah. But granted, I've never played Last of Us, so I can't speak on that end. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's really not much point. I mean, really, you could you could just watch the story of the first one if you really cared enough. Which, considering what they did with part two, I I don't think you're really missing anything. I mean, part one was a good game; it really was. It just two part two ruined it. So, or well, rather, part two just kind of feels like that disappointing sequel that you wished you could pretend didn't actually exist. It's kind of like the sequel trilogy for Star Wars. <laughs> it's hard for me to enjoy Rogue One, which I actually did really like, fully because of the fact that it's along with the rest of Disney Star Wars, which is mostly garbage. And Or like The Mandalorian had a great first two seasons, and then the third season was not good. Or Boba Fett was terrible. And completely destroy the character and obi-wan destroyed the character and it's just like i i just want to white pretend the disney stuff doesn't even exist anymore anyway that's going off on a tangent well okay. they're really only i guess you could just say then there are seven star wars films one through six in rogue one yeah but like i can't i can't even watch rogue one because the other thing is that rogue one it's a movie that i like but it doesn't really feel like a star wars movie it doesn't have that same feel that the, re the real Star Wars movies have. It just, it's something completely different. And I just, it, it's, it's hard for me to watch Rogue One and then go into A New Hope where A New Hope, I mean, even though, yes, it technically leads directly into it, but the, the tone shift is so dramatic from one to the next that it's just really hard to, to do that. It's kind of like going from Final Fantasy X to Final Fantasy X-2. Where, like, I just couldn't, I couldn't play 10-2 because, I mean, like, I tried for a little bit and eventually I'll give it another chance. But it's just the tone shift is so dramatic from 10 to 10-2 to where it just, I couldn't take it seriously. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, let's see here. Outstanding Story Rich Game Award finalists we had Resident Evil 4, Baldur's Gate 3, Jedi Survivor, Liza P, and love is all around what is that like a, a prawn <laughs> game or something <laughs> um, um it's listed as a visual novel but nothing okay. beyond that really yeah it's yeah it's it looks like it's basically i mean it's a visual novel rpg but yeah it's it's basically like a visual novel with real life uh women and i mean like they seem to be attractive women but like really this is what you're voting for um 
But anyway, Baldur's Gate 3 won. Not surprising. Yeah. Um, I would have been really surprised if love was all around. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, th th then we know people were just trolling us the entire time. Right. Well, that I, I think the fact that it even made it into the finalist thing, it has to be <laughs> trolling. Either that or there's just a bunch of, like, very lonely guys out there voting <laughs> for this one. I don't know. Um, the Sit Back and Relax Award. Uh, we have City Skylines 2, Coral Island, Potion Craft, tr uh, Train SimWorld 4, and Dave the Diver. And the winner was Dave the Diver. And it looks like that's all of the awards. So any thoughts on any of those that we didn't already discuss? I think for the most part, I can agree with a lot of these decisions. Um, one thing that I under—I guess I can understand why Steam does it, but I kind of wish that Steam would allow you to nominate a game for more than one category because there were a couple times previously, not so with this year because I didn't play too many games that actually released this year, um, but there were games where I thought, yeah, this game... I think this game did so good, it did well in several different categories, but you can really only nominate a game for one game, for one category, I think, and then also for Game of the Year. So I wish they allowed you to maybe do at least for one more, because there are some games that I think out there that really just nail it and are really able to just like do well in several different areas, like for example, say, a game could have a great soundtrack, but then also a game could just um, also uh, have a great story as well. So, something like that. Right. Yeah. I don't really have a whole lot of thoughts on that front, but I, I just don't take any game awards really seriously anymore. I, I learned years ago that most of the time I'm not going to agree with what they say, and... You know it doesn't really matter it just doesn't so anyway let's move on so we're going to talk now about our gaming resolutions now i don't know if you had any for yourself for 2023 did you have any i had a few um can't really say that i did too well with them but uh All right, i, I well, did have what a few. were they well, one of them was to finish Sekiro. Um, that didn't go so well. <laughs> I'm, I'm still working on that. And the other one, I believe, was something that I carried over from a previous year, which was to get through several Kingdom Hearts games that mm. I haven't played. Um, one of them being Birth by Sleep. Um, so I never even touched Birth by Sleep last year wait, mm. and Sekiro I got back into it but I kept getting sidetracked um, yeah. so I failed in that aspect but I, I definitely I mean well we'll get to that part later but, so, but I think that it was better than the year before which actually was to complete 
all of the Kingdom Hearts games, uh, <laughs> or at least all of the ones that, uh, besides the 2.8 and 3. Mm -hmm. So, besides that, that was my previous go. And I got through one Chain of Memories and a little bit of two. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I did not even begin to touch all the others. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I, I think having more realistic when uh, resolutions and goals is a whole lot better. Yeah. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts. I still let's hear what. Apart from a couple of the spinoffs, like I I completely skipped the ones that were on or one of the ones that was on DS. I think it's called Recode, which is like a remake oh, yeah. of a cell phone game. I completely skipped that because I just thought it was pointless. Um. But I played one and Chain of Memories and two, and I played um, 358 over two days, the one on DS, um, and then I played Birth by Sleep, and I think that was the last one I played because I didn't have I didn't um, want to buy. There was like the the separate pro. Oh no, that's right. I also played uh, Dream Drop Distance on 3DS. Mm -hmm. um, but like there there was like a prologue to three that I think came with the collection on PS4 that had like the previous games. I didn't yeah, want to buy the collection. Right, right. Okay, so yeah. Um, I I didn't I didn't I mean I wanted to play that play that prologue thing, but I didn't want to buy the collection because I just didn't see the point. Um, at least not on... I didn't see the point in buying it on PS4. If, I, if, it, if it eventually comes to Steam, I would probably go for it, but that's really the only way I would buy it, because I've already played those games. I, I don't have much desire to go back, and there's just too many Kingdom Hearts games. <laughs> they, they got a little long in the tooth. Three, I I would still like to play, but once again, Epic exclusive. So, unless it leaves Epic, I'm not going to be playing it because I don't want to play it on PS4. To me, that's just completely pointless, and I am doing my my absolute best to just stay away from Epic as long as humanly possible. Because I could just see the day that I decide to finally just go for it with Epic will be the day that the game I want to play comes to Steam. <laughs> I almost did that with Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, and no. Then I, it, it, was, it was literally like the day I was getting ready to jump onto Epic and buy Final Fantasy VII Remake because I wanted to play it. That's when it was announced for Steam. <laughs> and it was like, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. I, I can buy this on Steam. And I was able to play it on Steam Deck that very day. And it was so great uh, but anyway my gaming resolutions for last year um so my first one was to finally get through final fantasy 13 2 and lightning returns because i've had both of them for a while but i've never played through them i've only played through the first 13 um it took me a little while to get into 13 2 because Initially, it seemed like it wasn't running well on Steam Deck, which is unfortunate since it's a PS3 360 game. 
Um, but it turns out that it's really just like the very opening part that runs really poorly. And after that, it pretty much maintains 30 frames per second, which isn't great. There doesn't seem to be a way to change that from everything I've looked up. Um, but it's a whole lot better than the choppy mess that it was when I started trying to play it. So I was pretty happy with that. And unfortunately, even though it runs at 60 on PC on my desktop, it also crashes constantly. Um, so I didn't even try doing it much at all on my desktop. The one thing that I just have to say about that game is it's just... Uh, I just don't like it very much. Initially, I thought, okay, some of the improvements over 13.1 were nice, but really what it comes down to is I kind of wish it was as linear as 13 because I just keep getting lost. Like, I'll come back to the game and it's like previously on Final Fantasy 13 2 and like it'll give me some story summaries, but I just, I don't even remember where I'm supposed to go next and I'm trying to figure out where to go and I don't know, I just find it to be tedious. Eventually, I, I, I still want to finish it, but I haven't finished it. I haven't even touched Lightning Returns. Um, and Final Fantasy XV, another one I want to play. Runs pretty well on Steam Deck. Um, actually runs better than 13 2. Um, but, yeah, it didn't happen. Uh, what basically happened, though, was I did... My second goal was to play through Metal Gear Solid 2 through 5. And I played through 2, 3, 4, uh, Peace Walker... And the first part of five, which is Ground Zeroes, but that's only like an hour and a half long. And then I started Phantom Pain, but then, but that was like literally right before Zelda came out. And then <laughs> once I, I, Zelda, you know, took up like 120, 130, I can't remember, might have even been, well, I don't think it was 200 hours. I think it was just Breath of the Wild that was 200 hours, but um, I got absorbed in that, and then I just got completely sidetracked from there so and then of course you know i finally got back to it but i haven't finished it yet so i still got through a bunch of the games so i i'll call that a win even though oh yeah and i also played through revengeance metal gear rising mm-hmm. revengeance which is a fantastic game <laughs> it's not very long it's ridiculous extremely over the top um but i think it's it's a nice change of pace in between, I mean, after after playing all those other games, and it runs beautifully on the Steam Deck. 60 frames per second, at least on the base Steam Deck, probably would do 90 on on the OLED. And um, super fast and fun, and great battery life on it as well. It's like gets like four four and a half hours at that frame rate, which is very good compared to most of the. Um, <laughs> a lot of the games, a lot of the newer type games. Um, but yeah. Um, and then my third goal was to play through at least two games that have been on my backlog for 10 years or more. I think I did that. I'm trying to think of... I'd have to go through my list of games I finished, but as far as I'm concerned, Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3, those were basically in my backlog for 10 years, so I'm gonna I'm going to just say that that's that's close enough. Um, I feel like there's probably something else. I play probably something on Steam, but I, I did at least 
play through those. And even if I technically bought those in 2014, I'm just going to say that that's close enough. So, um, And then my last goal was to rotate between multiple platforms, which I basically did. I mean, I didn't rotate as frequently, but I did... I played my Vita, my 3DS, my Switch, my Steam Deck, my PC, my PS3, and my PS4. So yeah, I, I rotated through a bunch of platforms, just not as frequent rotations. I'd sometimes be stuck on a single platform for a while, and then I'd switch over to another platform and play that for a while. But yeah, so, so I, I did reasonably well on my 2023 resolutions. I didn't complete all of them, but I did pretty well. So 2024 resolutions. What are yours for this year? Well, um, I'm going to try to bring this one back and finish Sekiro this year. I'm going to try to get all the achievements in the game, but at the very least, I want to at least beat the base game uh yeah. um I, I definitely think that's possible i think it's doable i think i'm maybe about 45 percent through the story based yeah. on just like a little overall guide that i'd seen just to show like where i was based mm -hmm. upon um the game but i i wanted to at least finish the game if possible knock out all the achievements um that that's that's one of them <laughs> uh another one is to 100 percent metroid prime because i played the game several times on gamecube but i never got all of the items that were scattered around the game i want to try doing this in the remastered just try to go around find every item find every 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 data log which I think I might have done, I, I can't remember, but do all that and just have that one be the second Prime game that I've 100%ed. Um, actually, the first only, only other Prime game that I've 100%ed was uh, Prime 3, which nice. wasn't actually that bad. Um, and then I guess as one other thing, one smaller thing I want to do is to... Go back to games that I'm very close to getting all the achievements for and getting them. <laughs> I know that several of them include Katamari Damacy Reroll. That one I just have one achievement left to get in that game, but that one is very tedious. And um, another game is Salt and Sanctuary. There are two achievements uh, that I need to get. One of them I could have gotten. It's just like an end game decision but where you decide to get two endings i accidentally chose the same ending i chose my first playthrough when i was going through on another run and i realized oh no i made the wrong decision there so mm. i need to go back and finish my third run to get that achievement um and if possible just maybe clear maybe finish one game in a backlog but I, I want to keep things somewhat reasonable for this year. Alright, that's fair. Yeah, uh, with the having to do an extra playthrough. Um, so, I don't know if you've played any of the Persona games. 
I mean, it seems like it would be up your alley. Since you're such an anime guy and everything. <laughs> um, so Persona 4 Golden. First time I played through it on Vita. And then I found out after I finished it that there was an epilogue. And I missed the epilogue because there was stuff I hadn't done. Uh, particularly uh, working on maxing out the the relationship with one particular character that's exclusive to Golden. And um, so initially I was just like, okay, I'll just watch the epilogue online. And I did. And then I was like, you know, but I kind of want to play through it again and get the epilogue myself. So I did. <laughs> like immediately <laughs> after. And um, I decided partway through that I wanted to try to get the platinum. Um... But unfortunately, I had already, I had missed a couple things uh, previous to that, and I also just hadn't managed my time well enough to where I could max out all the social links. So, in order to get the, uh, so basically, I just I didn't touch it for a while again after I finished that second playthrough, and so eventually I went back and decided to do a third playthrough. I was determined to get the Platinum on the third playthrough. And I think it was primarily just the fact that I had not uh, done a, a good enough job managing my time for the social links that I could not get <laughs> that. And on top of that, there's also uh, this one achievement that, uh, slash trophy that you get um, from hearing um, 200 different unique battle lines from um, the basically the person who, who you know tells you information about enemies and stuff in battle. And the problem is that if you are playing on an easier difficulty, which I, I was just because I was mostly focused on the other other trophies, then there are certain things that she never says because you're overpowered, you can take out the enemies easily and everything else. And so, basically, I was just at a position where I couldn't get this trophy. And it's it's completely random. You know, it's basically just you have to get 200 unique lines set by this particular uh, person. And so I, I didn't get it. Whereas Persona 5, when I, when I had that same type of trophy, I got it on my first playthrough, no problem. But, you know, without even trying. Um, so anyway, third playthrough was a bust. And I finally went back, did a fourth playthrough, I think in 2019. Yeah, it was probably 2019 that I finally did a fourth playthrough and finally got the Platinum. But, yeah. Thankfully, I mean, Persona 5 only took me two playthroughs to get all of it because I planned things out better. But, anyway. Enough of that. So, my resolutions for 2024. Uh, my number one resolution... Instead of it just being one game for my backlog, I'm saying I want more of the games I played this year to be from my backlog than new purchases. So, I think that is completely reasonable. I'm not setting a specific number. I'm just saying I want more of the games that I played this year to be games I've already purchased. So, I think that's pretty reasonable to do, especially considering how many games I bought in the last couple of years. Um, going along with that... I want to play games from franchises that I have wanted to play in the past, but never got to. 
things like Devil May Cry, uh, classic PC titles like uh, uh, Beneath the Steel Sky, which is one I had started up a bit last year, um, and then various games that I have both on 3DS and Vita, like there's um, one on 3DS called, oh, it's um, Radiant Historia. It was originally mm. a DS game. And I was really interested in it back then. And then they remade it for 3DS. Or ported it, at least. And um, I, I bought it on 3DS, but I haven't played it yet. So that's one of those. And then, like, uh, uh, one that was another game that was originally released for the DS and then got a remaster last year is Ghost Trick Phantom Detective, which I got on the Switch. So that's, you know, another one that I'm interested in. But, um... And then, um... Also going along with that, this also this fits furthermore with stuff from my backlog, is trying new types of games that venture outside of my usual genres. So, like turn-based strategy games, I do have a handful of those that I have yet to um, play through, whether they're just, mostly because they're just games I don't play all that much, but I do have a handful of them, like... Um, I have some Fire Emblem games, which I did start up one of them last year, but I think that was also like right before Zelda came out, um, or like when I was in between uh, playing Zelda or something. But anyway, um, things like that, or uh, Triangle Strategy, which is another one that I bought right when it came out, but I haven't played it yet. Um, there's also like the old school Fallout games which are definitely outside of my usual thing. Um, you know, there's Fallout Tactics, which is more of a tactical game, but I'm not saying that necessarily I'm going to play all of these games this year, but these are types of games that I don't normally play. Um, and Souls-like is, is <laughs> a type of game I don't really play all that much, so I'm hoping maybe this year I can actually get through one of the Souls games that I have, since I do have... I guess it's just Dark Souls and Elden Ring that I have, but... Um, it would be good for me to actually finish one of them because I do really like the gameplay. It's just a matter of sticking with it. So, mm. And my final gaming resolution is to try to take more of the time I play to just enjoy the games I play and not try to just rush through to get to the next game. That one I think is going to be the hardest because sometimes I can do that, but then other times I'm just like... I'm ready to move on. So, yeah, those are my gaming resolutions. Nice, nice, and um, I, I guess going back to uh, I guess going back to one of them, the uh, the one about uh, well, I, I guess. I, oh, I mean, you said you didn't necessarily have a thing in mind, but since you're playing a game that you bought that you, uh, or a game playing something in your backlog, do you have any idea, well, I mean, you also said you'll play, I, I, I guess because there are several different things, options that you have because you've mentioned you want to play a, a game that you haven't or a franchise you haven't tried before and also try a game outside of your genre. 
is there any particular two games that you know you want to try first? Well, technically, I'm not sure how much I would say trying since I've technically already tried it a little bit. Devil May Cry. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I played a little bit already of that last year. So, I mean, that's that's definitely up there as one of them. Um, I've heard two is one that I should skip, so I will plan on skipping it and then maybe <laughs> come back to it later. But, like, Devil May Cry, for sure. Um, Triangle Strategy is one that I definitely want to play because I've heard great things about it. And, of course, it has same composers as Octopath Traveler. Um, I've heard the story's great. I mean, like, I, I love the music of Octopath Traveler. I thought, I mean, even though Octopath Traveler itself was, had some flaws as a game, I still really enjoyed it overall. And I've heard Triangle Strategy is really good. And I just, I don't do turn-based strategy a whole lot. Like, I'll, I'll get really into it and then I'll just get frustrated with it. And that ends up being the biggest reason why I don't stick with them. I mean, I think the last one I actually beat was Fire Emblem Awakening, which I had started would have been probably 2016. It was either, it, well, yeah, it would have definitely been 2016 because it was when my oldest was still just crawling. And that's when I started it and I played a, a large chunk of the game. Like, I was really into it. And then I got to a fight that I just got stuck on because I had it on classic uh, difficulty so that, you know, you know, permadeath with characters. And I, I just couldn't get past it. So, um, but then I eventually went back to it probably two, three years ago. And then I went through and I finally finished it. Um, and then I bought a bunch of the 3DS Fire Emblem games before the eShop closed down. Some of them I, I bought physical as well, but... Um, yeah, so turn-based strategy, any, any one of those types of games are definitely up there as something that I, I feel like I need to make myself try and really stick with because I play a lot of the same kinds of things. I play a lot of third-person action games. I play a lot of Metroidvania games. Um, I mean, I, I don't do as many turn-based RPGs in general anymore, but I do have at least some of those that I wouldn't necessarily say that they're outside my wheelhouse. They're just not something I play as often. Because, like, I have Octopath Traveler 2, which I've heard is significant improvement over the first game and still has a, a fantastic soundtrack. So it's another one I want to play. But anyway, I think that's, that's about it <laughs> as far as the main things. So, yeah, mainly... Probably turn-based strategy and Devil May Cry are the big ones. All right, you got any other thoughts before we close out for the night? Um, no, I think I think we did a pretty good job covering everything. All right, so recommendations and dissuasions. Alright, so my recommendation, which is something that we both have already discussed, is to play something in your backlog in this new year. Um, I know it's a daunting task, especially for some of us who may or may not have an extensive backlog, 
but you know go back look over something that you at the time when you bought were very interested in trying out something you're really interested in getting into and uh go back and play it, or, and go and play it and even if it's something game that you say started up one time maybe put in about five ten minutes go back and finish the game go go back and enjoy something that you that you were really interested in so that's my recommendation very nice well my recommendation you know I think I'm gonna change my recommendation I'm gonna do something similar to what you said my recommendation is to find a game I mean if there's a game that you really enjoyed but you just fell off of go back to it and finish it um, you know, regardless of what that happens to be if, if it requires I mean if you have to start over again it might be worth it if it's something where you just feel like you don't want to start over from scratch then you might have to just do what you need to to get your uh, mind and muscle memory reacquainted with the controls but definitely go play something that you have not finished that you enjoyed and that that that's my recommendation so dissuasion all right so my dissuasion is just something that uh is kind of a bit from personal experience uh uh so i my dissuasion if possible don't buy a dell laptop um i've gone through several both personal and for work and for whatever reason they seem to share a common problem with overheating um mm. and not that well they do get really warm but also they're just when the, those fans just really go off when they do get warm i don't know why um i haven't necessarily encountered this problem as much with other laptops but just particularly with dell and this is both just say an enterprise laptop and a gaming laptop they both are like that so avoid dell laptops all right well i did not have a dissuasion but i think actually i you just gave me an, the inspiration for one my dissuasion is going to be don't buy a laptop for gaming <laughs> um and this isn't like an elitist thing I started, I mean, like, I got more heavily into PC gaming with a laptop. And I'm not saying that they're necessarily, like, always a bad investment, but the rea the problem with buying a laptop is that y it's just l not super portable. Um, now, if you're going to use it for a bunch of different things, then by all means, go for it. But if you want something specifically for gaming just get one of the PC handhelds instead. I mean, yeah, you will definitely get more performance out of a laptop, for sure, but it's also a much less convenient form factor if you are getting it primarily for gaming. And, um, you know, like, I have, I have a laptop right now. The thing is, I'm pretty sure it might actually be more powerful than the Switch, even though I bought it in 2010. Um... But it's something where, like, I had issues with, of course, overheating was a problem. Um, the batteries did not last real long. And then I'd buy, like, the aftermarket batteries that really didn't last, that were just awful. The adapters would have issues. I'd have to 
I'd have to get like cooling pads for it. And then it's just like, it takes up more room. You have to carry a bunch of accessories for it in order to be able to use it uh, for gaming. You know, now if you're just doing mouse and keyboard, you can get away with more. But if you like to have a controller at all, it just it just ends up being extra steps. So my my dissuasion is that if you want a, a PC specifically for gaming, especially if you're brand new to the thing, go with one of the PC handhelds. It's going to be a much better way to dip your toes in and then if down the line whether you have decided to put the money in or or not you you do have the option of course of building an actual pc which is worth worth your time um it can be much more worthwhile but yeah if you're just getting into pc gaming don't buy a gaming laptop unless unless you're just really committed to actually sticking with it and dealing with the issues Get something like a Steam Deck or like uh, Lenovo Legion Go or um, the um, ROG Ally, the Asus ROG Ally, you know, th things like that or like GPD Win, any of those things. It's going to be a better experience for you just getting into PC gaming in the first place. So that's what I have to say. That's my dissuasion. All right. Uh, anything else? No, sir. So where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at my channel. I am Zaracon. I-A-M-X-C-R-A-C-O-N. Uh, so that's YouTube.com forward slash at I am Zaracon. I have one thing that I am interested in doing. Uh, just a, a small little fun thing that I saw based on a video that I had seen in my YouTube feed. So that's probably going to be coming out maybe Saturday, I'd say. Cool. cool. Alright, so um, of course you can find me youtube.com slash at thefrozengamer87. I've been putting out videos comparing uh, the gameplay of Steam Deck OLED versus the Switch OLED. Uh, the next video, I, I mean, the video I just put out was for Monster Hunter Rise. Go check that out. Um, that one was a cool comparison. Uh, there was an issue in how I recorded it. I, I, I explained it in the description of the video, so it's it's a little. Um, it, it it didn't the the format of the video didn't come out quite the way I wanted it to, but you can still see the screens fully, which is the important part. And um, it's it's a pretty cool comparison seeing both of those. I mean, Monster Hunter Rise is definitely one of the best looking Switch games, hands down. Um, and I like I'm really still very impressed with it, even though it obviously looks and runs better on the Steam Deck. Um, I just put that one out. Probably the next one that's going to be going up is going to be a slight different video in that it's going to be a different OLED comparison comparing the Steam Deck OLED to the Vita with the OLED. Uh, specifically comparing Dissidia Duodecim, which was a PSP game uh, that digitally is available on Vita as well as emulated, ver I mean, further emulated on the Steam Deck. Uh, so it, that'll be a pretty cool comparison. I got a bunch, a bunch of them in the works, uh, a handful of them that are already recorded, and more planned for the future.
future, but planning to keep doing those once per week. Um, also, you can check out my newly launched cooking channel called Not Authentic But Delicious. Uh, that's youtube.com slash at N-A-B-D cooking. And um, I just put out this week the video on Indian-inspired curry, which is definitely... Um, it, it's not exactly authentic, but it's really, really, really good. A great recipe that I've been using for a long time, and I've, I've just really had time to perfect it over the years. So it's an um, excellent recipe. And next week, there's going to be a recipe for refried beans and Mexican rice, which I think that one is much closer to authentic, especially in terms of taste, at least for the... Um, specifically the refried beans, which to me, like the fact that I've been able to figure out how to do that properly just makes me so happy because for years I always wanted to be able to make restaurant quality refried beans and as far as I'm concerned these are those so very very good stuff plenty plenty more planned uh, lots lots more recorded uh, there's currently five separate recipes that are all uploaded and scheduled to go live one per week for the month of January and I have a bunch more recorded that I just need to edit and upload and get scheduled so uh, that's all I have for that anything uh, else you want to say before we completely finish for the night um, I guess just one thing I'll say is that you were right uh, just popped into my mind uh, some time <laughs> ago uh, the insects from Master Rise were called wire bugs. Wire bugs, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, you did. Great, you thank it. you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I forgot about that, that, but you're right. Yep, popped back into it. my mind. Great, thank you. Yeah, that, that's all I got, though. All right, great. <laughs> okay. Well, until next time, I am the Frozen Gamer 87. That is I am Zeracon. We are the Orange Box Podcast. And don't. Or do. Or don't. Um. I don't know. Orange Box Podcast. Out. <laughs>